Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, but joined by Ben Roy Turner. Hello there. And Josh Brown. Hello there. Chaps, this is a full-on, full spoilers, Resident Evil 8 Village podcast. We're going to be delving into whatever comes up. So you have been warned. It will be titled this way as well, um, which isn't as much to say that Ethan's a big old molded zombie man. Don't worry about it. If you, <laughs> yeah, you know that definitely. information, then you're sticking around for the uh, for the majority. Now, I thought we'd start with an open-ended question. We do have some specific points that we want to get to. Um, but I thought I'd just uh, I'd ask the general question of what were either of your general thoughts when you hit credits? What was the feeling that was going through your mind when you sort of hit the end? Uh, Mr. Josh Brown, Let's start with you. Well, well, lads, I have a confession to make because I love Resident Evil in its totality and I'm a huge fan of the series, a huge fan of the games. And yet they have this habit of in the final act kind of disappointing me in a way. I love Resident Evil 7 until you get to like the tanker and then you have to fight through the mines and it just kind of falls apart a little bit for me. But I'm thankful to say Resident Evil 8 Village didn't leave this lasting impression and I'm really pleased that it didn't go tits up in the final act. So I hit credits and I thought that's a lot of mad stuff I've just experienced there. Most of it didn't expect to see happen in a Resident Evil game but ultimately I was here for it and I came away excited to replay the game and i know not a lot of people won't have that same feeling and might think it jumps the shark towards the end but for me it did it in an exciting way where i was kind of giddy for the first time ever playing (laughs) a resident evil um story in the way that i should have been in six you know having like the mad team ups in six i kind of like got that giddiness especially towards the crystal towards the end but i I do have some issues with it yeah okay yeah i did freak out when when you when you realized the uh you know like ethan gets his heart torn out and he has full fatality style and i was like oh my god are we actually gonna kill him um and then you re you know you get to play the whole section as chris i was popping like crazy for that bit um because i was like this is awesome i get to play as him and because we're in this sort of new era of like what is resident evil in terms of them experimenting with the more first person full main game stuff i was like oh is this going to be a thing where we spend time as a a character like ethan and then you switch to the main cast at the very end to do some sort of seismic thing um and the entire chris section is just like if you've been having any trouble shooting those werewolves you just get to go crazy with all the weapons that the the dragoon uh, assault rifle just melting their faces and just going through <laughs> and unlike ethan where he sort of struggles and pushes a lichen back if it bites mm-hmm. you if you do if you do it's chris pro just thumps them in the face and they go flying you're just like oh yeah this is a man that can punch boulders of course he's gonna murder <laughs> brought his arms back as well like chris's entire design is like kind of infused with his re5 and 6 self yeah. i guess like he's a complete meathead 
it's like it's final form and like little bits like that. I, I'm, I'm going to mention like an Easter egg. Like he gets the finally smoke, which was cut out of Resident Evil One. The like ah. uh, the uh, live action intros where like Chris goes to like a cigarette and then they put things over him because you can't do that back in '96. Ah. But this is like having a, he's having a smoke in the car just like before he's about to just destroy everything in <laughs> just in a heart pounding sequence. And like, I wish there was more of like you go through some of the buildings and you go to night vision and it just felt like playing like Modern Warfare for a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it's just like I, I could ramble about that forever, so I let you carry on, Scott. But I just thought that bit was like, oh no, man, I'm good. I think what, whatever thoughts come to because the thing is, like, the thing that I because ultimately a lot of the time I was playing through, I was like, this is my game of the year. I didn't think it started very well. I thought it was very rushed. All the stuff with Maya uh, being shot by Chris, and then like that stuff, the Chris's stuff. Basically, I love playing as him and their version of the character, the look of him, and everything. But for me, they really dropped the ball with everything in regards to him in the story, and where I didn't buy his motivation, I didn't think it made any sense. Um, and we can talk about that stuff, but. Ultimately, the way that it plays, I do think ultimately I'm very positive on it, but I think that it's it is in like 10 different directions at once. They try so many different strands of horror and um, whether it be like out PTing PT in the Bienviento house um, or doing, you know, sort of more um, disgusting swamp lands, uh, sort of like that type stuff. I think they try a lot of different stuff and they nail the vast majority of it. But where they try and hook things in is what the marketing was built on, which was why is Chris Redfield turning up and killing uh, Maya, um, you know, Ethan's uh, wife or whatever and stealing their kid. And where did you guys just come down on that stuff? Because I think I'm probably going to be the most negative out of you, but what were I, your thoughts on that? It's weird because if they didn't show me again lit up in those trailers, I would be <laughs> like, what? Like that would have been a, a total WTF moment, even though it right. kind of is like when you play the game, right? But it's weird that they chose to show that, but then it also led me thinking, is Chris going to be bad? But then it seems to be like his super overcorrection of like, and until this point, everyone Chris has ever worked with who's not been like a main person has died. Mm. So the fact that um spoilers, none of his none of his direct like how what wolf hound squad, not gang, not like wolf gang, that Diamond stupid dogs. I what is it the Discovery Channel song? I can't get that Bloodhound <laughs> Bl- game song out of my head. <laughs> I just keep thinking of the Bloodhound like game. Do in Resident Evil Village. Yeah, Carry on. but like um, I think it's him. It, it, it's essentially him trying to overcorrect himself and trying not to get Ethan involved because he doesn't know what's special about Ethan and he doesn't want Ethan to end up dying. That would have been really a brilliant fails. way to write that character if they put that in the game. I Why guess it's me pulling through so much stuff of Chris and like the films and at one point Leon's a massive drunk as well when he has to save Leon <laughs> and stuff but yeah me just pulling back from all that which I guess they could have like gave him five more sentences to say this instead of being like, this Chris, I'm so excited I was gone again sort of thing. Well, so so the base explanation for why he killed Maya and took Rose was that Maya was a was a clone, was was mimicked by Mother Miranda was actually mimicking Maya. Um and the timescale for that is that she injected herself into the family, assumedly like a couple nights before or something. Yeah, because no, Maya's in the no prison cell. When. Yeah, no idea when. But um, I, I guess I just jumping out why they would keep her alive in the cell is because she survived the mold as well. So that's probably why they didn't just she didn't just kill her straight because mm-hmm. Mia is still useful in that way. But yeah. But like Chris steals Rose and then tells Ethan just stay away, don't come after me. Like oh don't like he doesn't even say don't come after me. He just says don't get involved. Um, and then like later on in the game when you come across him again, he says I can't believe you're here. Why are you here? And it's like dude, you shot my wife and stole my child. I'm gonna care. I just I couldn't get past that for me as playing it because I was like I just want Ethan to react more. And then I, when you find out that Mia's a clone, uh, he doesn't even say where's the real Maya or Mia. You find out that one of Chris's companions says it, and I'm just like, what is this writing? Like, what the hell? I guess it's because that that van they're all in that van and they all got murked, so he would have assumed that Ethan would have died. And they like you can't just there's no keep body them. though. But they didn't go back there, though, did they? Like 
uh, do we know if they got got to go back there because they look separated and pretty stranded so yeah I guess a so. Bunch of I about like I I feel like they're scraping through, but then that's me trying to connect dots where there might not be dots. So who knows? But then at one point, uh, one of the did you go to like one of their posts where you find the antique coin after you get on the mm. boat and stuff? Like I don't think so. At that point, I was like, oh, that could have been hidden at Mia's life because why is there an antique coin there just before you? <laughs> too many too many threads in my head. Please take it off me. I'm just my brain. I'm cursed. Josh, what, do you, what did you think of the the way they handled uh, Chris? I have so much more to say about all that stuff, but like, yeah, what were your thoughts on everything with him? Yeah, the Chris stuff is the weakest part of the game for me. Even when they showed it off in the trailers, I never found it that compelling because I was like, it's Resident Evil. Oh. Of course, he's not going to be bad. They're not going to they're not going to do it. There's going to be some reason um, to why he's gone in and killed him. Whether she's not going to be real, whether she was going to be still infected or something, I just mm. I never found that an interesting story thing. I thought it might be interesting to see how they characterized Chris in that moment, but as a mystery, I was never kind of you know compelled to it because i didn't expect there to be much nuance in it in, in the actual game there isn't really and when no. you get the stuff with chris especially towards the end you know when he's giving the more the justification for it i think does completely fall apart where he's talking about you know we didn't want to get ethan involved and then at one point one of his teammates is like oh actually chris like probably should have said you, yeah. probably should have said and he's like ah oh, yeah i know it's a bit late for that now and he, it's like yeah it is a bit too late for that now you've had a few times throughout this game where you've just pushed ethan back like i can kind of get keeping some kind of mystery because he does think that Ethan might be infected at the beginning. That's one of his mm. reasons why he doesn't tell him. But by the time Ethan's in the village and he's like coming into contact with them, <laughs> why not then just be like, actually, you know what, come along. And you're going to do it anyway, obviously. Yeah, we could have teamed up. We could fight Miranda together. Yeah. There's no real reason to do this. Yeah. And you get that weird thing at the beginning as well, where it's stated that Chris has actually put Ethan through military training. He knows he survived the Baker Mansion, so he knows he's capable to an extent. Mm. Obviously, he's not Chris punching boulders, punching lichens in the face, face competent, but he's pretty competent. So all of that stuff for me was the weakest part. And I was kind of pleased that he kept it to a minimum in a way, because I did like the rest of the story. But every time Chris kind of when Capcom was trying so hard to make you think that he's really villainous, I was just like, mm. I could see through it. And I was like, I know, I know what you're trying to do. It's, it's not working for me like, personally. With yeah, that, in the initial, the initial trailer where they showed, uh, you know, Chris coming in, he shoots Maya and Ethan reacts immediately and says, what, why? And freaks out. I just wanted that. I wanted that energy because I feel like he's missing that for the most of the whole sort of first hour. He's just, everything's just happening. Like, you know, werewolves taking people away and then he goes down to a cellar full of dead bodies and then he says, oh, a dead body? And it's just like, what the, like, where is the through line context for like your reactions to this stuff? And I guess that it's like, well, he's already seen quite a lot of stuff. He survived the Baker Mansion. Um, but for me, like I said, it was it was really slapdash at the beginning. It was just kind of rushing to get somewhere where I didn't feel it needed to um, hurry so much. Um, but I guess in terms of, well, I guess to round it out, Ben Roy, what was because you obviously did the review and everything. Like, did yeah. the Chris stuff land for you better because you know you have on hand the sort of knowledge of the, the series a bit more? Yeah, I mean, they did that thing with Resident. It was like <clears throat> characters going to come in and go away, like Barry in one, Claire <laughs> and Leon in two. They never just sort of like work together and go through the thing. Like there's bits where I said like when Chris and Ethan gets split up, it's always like, well, Big Fish Man comes in and then Chris is now gone. But like, you know, certain things that happen, like for me, I would have liked to see more of a darker side to Chris, but I'm glad that I feel like I've saw more of a human side to Chris than I have done. And I, I feel like he's come for a walk now and he's more capable in a way but still mm -hmm. uh sort of like held down by some of the past stuff and I, it's weird you say the intro because i 
I don't know, I was pulled into total fear playing that intro and throughout the thing, like going through and being bitten by that first werewolf. And thanks, Capcom, for embargoing a werewolf by part of his hand off and then trying, <laughs> asking us not to show that for the whole review. That was really nice. Uh, but then that whole sequence, like reminiscing RE4, like, mm. I mean, I, I was, I don't know, I, I'm, stuff I'm, is, I'm, I'm yeah. a bit of a wimp sometimes when it comes to first playthroughs. And I was like, not crying, but I was like, just don't kill me, just <laughs> scrambling through trying to survive. But for me, Chris stuff mostly landed, but they do the Capcom thing of like, we're going to help you and now we're gone. Right. Yeah. So I guess to round off the point I was making about the uh, the Rose Chris stuff is that, yeah, ultimately, you know, he was taking Rose away because Rose is going to be um, she was like uh, taken away by Mother Miranda and the, the Lords and everything to do this experiment because Mother Miranda is trying to bring her own daughter back um, from 100 years ago where she lost her daughter to the Spanish flu. And she's been experimenting on various different villages, various um, X many different people to try and find a certain subject to bring her daughter back using this new element called the Megamycete, which is this. Um, almost like a giant cloud server of souls and consciousnesses um, yeah. that she found underground when she was doing her research. Um, and she can use Rose to... God, even explaining this is ridiculous. She can use Rose. Um, I don't get the crystallized thing. She crystallizes Rose into various different parts, and then she's going to bring them, bring those parts back together again and resurrect her daughter. That's think, the main thrust. I think it's separating her, so it keeps her entity, but Rose is gone. But because Rose has been part of the Mega Mice... My siege, her consciousness is uploaded there like Evelyn <laughs> is in Ethan's brain. It gets very anime at one point. And I thought of it as like the Mega My Seats, the cloud server, and she's... any Kadoos are USB drives. It's yeah, it's like she is the perfect vessel to hone her daughter's consciousness, right? Mm. Like, like Lady Dimitrescu, uh, if she doesn't get enough blood, she goes into giant vampire lady. If mm. um, Frogman doesn't get enough frog, Jonathan juice, Frogman. He becomes frog boy and cries on his own. And like ever since he's had and Heisenberg just isn't there either, sort of thing. So mm. it's basically just like uh, you're the perfect person to, to take over. I'm trying this has been done like so many films that I can't think to reference to, but you know, but just at the like, end as well. You're like, the MacGuffin sort of thing, really. Yeah. At the end when she reaches into this sort of pool of mega seat stuff, it is like Ethan's rose that comes back out, and then she's like distraught at that and annoyed and you go into the final fight and everything. Um, but that is the sort of crux of like Chris was trying to save Rose, killed fake Maya, um, and then it all goes sideways and uh, Mother Miranda manages to get the um, manages to retrieve Rose anyway. That's the meat of what was really happening. That's the big twist yeah. thing. Um, and also alongside that, we mentioned Ethan quite a bit. Massive twist with him is that he was always a molded or whatever you call it from RE7. Right, yeah. I don't know if you guys want to try to like dive into oh. that. I, I, yeah, you love that, I think. I love that, man. I thought that was I was a huge pop when that happened because all the way through, I remember when we were doing our, um, on Monday, Scott, we were doing like our first impressions or something mm. before we'd finished it. We were talking about the fact that Ethan just takes so much punishment across Resident Evil 7 and Capcom Resident Evil 8. hates his hands. Yeah, it's, it's literally a meme at this point that he just loses his hands, loses his legs, glues them back together with a first aid <laughs> kit. And when they draw so much attention to it in 8, especially, I was like, they're definitely doing so with, so something with this. They're not oh, just I just thought it was like a comment on how stupid anymore. 7 was. Oh, it happened too many times for me to not kind of view mm. it. And then you get a lot of references throughout about how Ethan has like a special body. I'm sure Heisenberg at one point says like, your body's interesting in the mm. same way as mine. And I was like, they're definitely building towards something. So when they revealed not only that he's a molded, which, you know, I think a lot of people might have predicted that he was infected, but specifically that he dies in Resi 7 after first meeting Jack. That was the twist that I loved mm. because there is a gap of time. You know, I recently played 7, like literally the night before um, going into 8, I finished it off. Mm. And there is that gap of time where... 
um, Ethan gets punched out by Jack. He gets like dragged along to the dinner. And then suddenly you wake up and you've got an arm on. And it makes so much sense that he was infected in between that time because like, what else was he doing? Was he just waiting for him to come around? And that just made logical sense in a way that Resident Evil rarely does to me <laughs> anyway. And I was like, that that works. And it, it, it recontextualizes the rest of Seven. It makes you appreciate um, the punishment Ethan takes in eight more. And it makes sense that Ethan winters a man who is dumb as a bag of rocks and barely even knows when his own leg is off, like wouldn't even question that he didn't have a heart or that he didn't have um, human <laughs> characteristics because of course he wouldn't. Of course he wouldn't. He I just forgot he, has yeah, one goal. He, he comes back without... Because I didn't realise that Resident Evil 8 is secretly like stubs the zombie too. Like it is sort of getting <laughs> through it, Lego parts bit by bit, snap it all on and everything. But yeah, he does the, the whole closing part of that game like without a heart. Um, but yeah, Ben Roy, what do you think of the the sort of revelation of that? Because they brought the mold in in RE Seven. It was a, it wasn't necessarily very well received in Seven, but I feel like they fleshed it out a lot more here. I think the mold wasn't received because the molded were crap to fight, and they're pouring yeah. after <laughs> the first basement sort of thing. But like, uh, yeah, I I, I liked it. It's different because we don't really get many people dying. Like I said mm. in like predictions video, like if Chris dies or anyone like that, then it's just something bold that they've not done yet. But um, due to like say what like leaks at the very end, it could be that. He's his consciousness is somewhere, maybe with Rose. I think but... the assumption is that Rose can still contact everyone in the Mega My seat, so it would be like yeah. Ethan and whoever. But else. I, I liked that he died. I liked that he, the when um that first time when he gets his hand lopped off by Dimitrescu. You know, what? And then you've got <laughs> you run you've got to run around and then come back and grab your hand. And you go to block at one point. You've got well, nothing he comes there. Out the hooks as well. He like tears his hand out. Yeah, it just like rips one off. He's like doesn't even think about to try yeah. and go like that. Rips one off and then just goes yeah. <laughs> and then. Just, and his magic healing juice like right awesome there and you're just like what are you doing man but then like, that was that was like oh i can't <laughs> look at that but yeah i mean it it was it's gore porn to an extent but it mm -hmm. was contextualized and i didn't mind it i think for me like i like the fact that i've referred to re7 as being like because for me re7 is more grounded i know it goes ridiculous over the course of that game's runtime but you do have the whole texas chainsaw style tone at the beginning of you know dudes approaching this house it's out in the middle of nowhere and what's going on inside that house and obviously by the end of it you're fighting giant black goop monster that is the transformed version of jack baker but for the most part i thought that they did bring in a, a different tone enough to re5 re6 where it was just completely over the top and giant monsters with eyes all over them and everything else um for the most part i thought that's what they were going for but re8 was like no we are embracing the wider the wilder sense of resident evil and um, which i can totally go with in terms of big boss fights and stuff um but also because they for me like lose some of that um consequence the consequences that come with a more grounded believable consistent fiction i think it's like science yeah. fantasy i'd probably say it now because yeah. they lean on science fiction still as a crux but some of it is just like this is basically just magic but with i was gonna say it's like magical realism it's almost yeah. like kojima storytelling it's sort of just like because you get told like heisenberg just has electric organs so that when she, when miranda experimented on him he, he became magneto like and you just have to you get it in like four lines of text and it's like uh, okay sure you have to just kind of go with that and his like, magneto stuff is barely you he's not used to fight you he just mm. pulls his hammer about and then one point he comes down some st stairs that he's crafted but for the most part he could have been <laughs> anything because he just becomes a big metal lump in the end i was gonna say you fight him. what did you guys think of that fight because i love that fight made no it was almost make no sense like you're fighting this just a mech fight it's like a metal gear right metal gear fight 
I was from a laughing man. Honest, <laughs> honest. You, you jump into that thing like Chris has got this tank for you. Shane saw the Robot Wars. he actually was Robot Wars. And oh if my. you read the thing, it's like it's a special form of metal that Heisenberg can't rip apart either. So it's it's a specific. It's it's a specific that Heisenberg like half made to <laughs> not be able to control. It's like what? But like, I mean, the bit when you get thrown up into midair because Heisenberg is like, I've had enough of this. I'm going to make a big old tornado, throw you up in midair. And then you, as Ethan, get back in your tank in midair and then Dragon Ball style <laughs> out of midair, like take him, go vertically down back onto him again. Um, I thought the sequence itself was incredibly fun to play. I love the, the actually, we haven't even talked about the combat, but I think the, the combat feels really chunky and satisfying. Um, but yeah, there are, there are some things in here that are Chris punching a boulder-esque in terms of we're just going to do this and what, you're going to have to live with it. What did you think of the shotguns? <laughs> having collected all three of them i thought they were pretty good i think um, that was one thing if we're going to delve into this i like yeah hoarded everything throughout that whole game bought the inventory upgrades and everything because i didn't realize you could sell those weapons at all and um, it wasn't until the final fight where i messaged you guys and i was like i'm fighting mother miranda with a knife and nothing else because i'm out of ammo um because i hadn't realized that there was a whole bunch of pickups to the left of where the duke is at the end um so yeah i didn't i mean you guys obviously manage your inventories way better than me but like to bring that into a comment on resident evil 4 that was a whole thing of people realizing they couldn't pick stuff up they were having to tetris their way around the inventory um how did you find that stuff in terms of like resource management the map opening up and the inventory <sighs> stuff I wish I had to Tetris things around a bit more because I love mm. that in Resi 4. Like, I genuinely, unashamedly <laughs> love messing around with that briefcase. You want to your shotguns, mate. Until everything is packed in. But uh, here, I thought, like, it was a nice balance. For me, Resident Evil 7 didn't take the inventory management stuff far enough. So I liked here that there was a bit more consideration. And I liked that you still had to... You got, like, new weapons, which could replace the old ones. And that's kind of like a straight upgrade system. I liked the upgrade system, but I thought mm. it was one thing that was a little bit too familiar i feel like i'd done that before in resident evil 4 or the resident evils where i was swapping out these same shotguns for swapping out these same pistols getting a well, machine gun in the final third or something and it was it was good and satisfying it's well executed in the game but as you know as a resident evil fan looking for something new i felt that's where things got a little bit too familiar and it's not the worst thing in the world but i would have liked a bit more imagination when it came to the weaponry because for as satisfying and as chunky as some of those shotguns were to use which they definitely were i was especially coming straight from seven i was thinking i've just done this i'm doing it on a bigger scale and it's far more refined but i've, I've done this stuff with these guns mm. before that's an interesting thing. Like, Benoit, do you think at this point, just it's it's almost tradition at this point. They're almost Nintendoing it. It's like it would be like doing a Zelda without the Master Sword or something. Like, do you just need I, this set of weapons? I'm just used to it, man. And I, I don't know if I'd want a Resident Evil without a pistol or a mm. shotgun. Like, it, it, I, I'm just going to blank say that I would have no idea what to do with it other than that. Like, I, I just wouldn't. I, uh, I guess I'm... I, is it bad to just be happy with it? But at the same time, I can see why someone like Josh would want something else. But at the same time, like, I was like, this is just Resident Evil 4 in first person. I've not played mm. Resident Evil. I've yeah. not played a game that I feel like is so expansive, but yet catering to my specific needs from this mm. franchise for a while. Like with Resident Evil 5, it was just a crappy nine slot inventory system where healing items and weapons were one thing each and the whole upgrading was solar. So it's, I just like the the stretch of it here and i like that how i we expanded back out from like say five and just don't talk about six when it comes to like that the I menus there and then seven like I, I i liked the going back and i guess that you can they jump off it from here and keep it sort of similar i don't know mm -hmm. say hello to a new era of mental health care 
Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned there, you know, like the fact that this is essentially Resident Evil 4 in first person for a lot of it, you know. And that's not not, not to be reductive about it, but it feels that way when you're playing it. It feels as mm. good as Resident Evil 4 shooting did, but in a completely different perspective. And that's why I can't, like, hate the stuff that I'm talking about or really mark it down too much because it still felt fresh because you're coming at it from an entirely, literally an entirely different angle. And it still works. It's just that, you know, I don't want them to completely throw the pistols and the shotguns out because, like I said, they're still fun to use. And I didn't want to swap away from that. Um, what is it? The, the second pistol you get. Is it the, the M911? 1911? Yeah. yeah, 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 something. I'm not good. And one nine eleven. It, it looks, That's it looks the, one, the yeah. best, at least. Like I, I'm a critic mm, for yeah. that as well. Like, sometimes, it, like the last shotguns, I think the last one in Resident Evil Four looks like crap, but because it's not like it's this like little chunky thing. But yeah, I know what you mean like not yeah. wanting to. But swap that was the reason away. I was hanging on to everything because I was like looking at the stats. Like I, my fully powered old pistol had more attack power than the starting new one, so I was hanging on to everything. That's why I ended up with three shotguns, two pistols. By the end of it, the I mean, at the end shotgun, you can get a clip of forty without a pump, so you just like dun 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 dun. <laughs> so it's just like it it becomes crazy. But yeah, like sometimes I think this is with the with environments. Well, this is what Resident Evil suffers from. Like the beginning always looks and feels so strong with like mm-hmm. as an identity, and then like the factory actually wasn't as bad as I thought it could turn out to be. Because when mm-hmm. I saw like hints of it in the trailers, like Resident Evil Four, that last island is just. Right, right. Not good. And like some of the last ones, like the best pistol in Resident Evil 4 is the Red 9. It's like the second or third pistol, right? And if you upgrade from there, they're never as good. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like some of the weapons had that here as well, just like keeping that pistol, which um, that pistol also has a little Easter egg on it, which is uh, quite cool. fun. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a little gold B on it, which is like looks exactly like the gold B key in Resident Evil 1 remake where you used to open a room. Like, you just dive it into a puddle <laughs> of that That's stuff. Cool. But um, uh, yeah, I just, I feel like this, for anything, at least the last, the final areas were stronger. And um, 
I don't know if you want to jump straight into like, what do you think of like the major divert using each basically like Lord and boss to make, basically we're going to have a new part of the game here and there. Something. Mm. I, well, I'm personally a massive fan of that. I mean, I do. I never mind a game being a video game. It's why I love Doom Eternal so much. So I'm just like, with Resident Evil, it was just like, let's just split the map. Like, I mean, like that whole thing with splitting rows into four parts, I feel is almost more because of the video game side of it than anything narrative-based. Uh, it was just sort of like, we need you to go to these four areas and retrieve these four items. Very Zelda-ish, very Nintendo. The Duke um, is almost reading out like a, what the, something the Colonel would from Metal Gear, like, press this button to find your four parts <laughs> your daughter. Yeah. I've made the map bigger. I've marked your map to go see this yeah. thing on this paper map that I've got. Yeah, I mean, I think like that stuff totally works. I like them using it as an excuse to just explore four completely different biomes. And obviously you've got the different bosses. Um, I did think that some of the follower enemy stuff, I want them to do more with that mechanic. I'm kind of sick of it just being, hey, this thing follows you, it's invulnerable. You can maybe put it down if you dump enough ammo into it. But I want more mechanics there. I kind of want more mechanics to the combat overall. Um, like pressing L1 to guard. L1 also being the push away enemy button, but only if they've hit you first, I hate, because that means I have to soak up some damage before I can throw them away. And um, I thought that sucked. Like, I, just, I want them to flesh the combat out more. Maybe give me a dodge button or something. But I don't know if that's going to end up changing the feel of it too much. But, um, but yeah, what did you guys think of the, the base feel of combat? Like, the actual firing of guns is really satisfying and stuff. But alongside the enemy variety, um, did you want a bit more to the actual core set of abilities? Going back to play the Mercenaries last night for the first time, I realized, like, it is solid. You know, it mm. doesn't quite have the... Oh, totally solid, yeah. Ability to go from, you know, um, leg shots into an uppercut like Resi Forehand. You don't have that same flow, but obviously this is a completely different style of survival horror shooting, but I still think it works. And I felt like I had a lot of options. I would have, wouldn't have minded maybe like a little dodge out the way button, but like the ability to just kind of like have to run back, look at these three enemies coming for you and then, you know, figure out the best way to take them down or at least drop them to the floor before they rush you. That's always been like a part of Resident Evil. And mm. I thought the lichens in particular added like an added element of diversity to the movements. You know, the fact that they could not just walk towards you like the regular shamblers, but they could jump on like the roofs of nearby huts. So they could come at you from above. They could hit you with range attacks and stuff. It, it kept it fresh all the way through and i thought the enemy diversity in general was quite good obviously that's aided by the fact that you're it's so well paced you know like you go mm. to these different lords and these different biomes and like you said there's this new flavor of horror and even when we got to like the factory towards the end and you get those tetsuo the iron man inspired kind of mixture <laughs> of flesh and machinery like they weren't as frustrating as i thought and they still managed to be scary you know they mm. have the classic thing of the big glowing weak spot on their chest or back but it, it felt tense. It felt fun to fight against them. And I felt like I was being rewarded for smart play. If I was running back, shooting them in the legs, switching to the powerful shotgun, hitting them in the chest, you know, doing something like that. The one and thing that it just it, it, it did click for me in a way that I wasn't expecting it to. Mm -hmm. Just like when you fight that dude with the propeller for a chest, any enemy that rushes you in a Resident Evil game, it's always like awkwardly like rotate, run out the way, rotate all the way back around again, get the shot off. And I kind of just think they need something that answers that. Um, some timing window based thing. I don't know, just something that would answer that. Um, because I feel it's like no, the... no more quick times so though. Like we don't want to go back no. to that time. <laughs> oh no, quick time. Just, they... Some sort of like watch the animation. Yeah. You know, know exactly when to get out the way. Just I don't know something that you could stumble onto maybe if you already had a reliable dodge button or a block button or something. Um, I will jump on to what Josh said about the lichens mm -hmm. and say he's wrong. No, I'm joking, Josh. <laughs> there, right? and, and I feel like they, they're, the lichens fit so perfectly because they're not slow and dumb like the zombies. They're smarter than the Ganados from 4. They make the game more vertical by being sort of on the roofs. And if you do get too close to those, they do then just instantly pounce you, which I found out. I just thought I tested mm -hmm. it out the other night. And um, 
you can't stun them as much either, which I, I, I kind of like. And on Village of Shadows, they, whereas they're cautiously coming up to you in like other difficulties, they're just running at you and you've got no room to breathe. And one bite takes you down to no health. And it's just, it's so sort of like, oh, but <laughs> fighting them added so much, like it's just a smart enemy that doesn't sort of say shoot you as much as like say if they were had guns like you know like a resident evil five or mm. six it'd get frustrating because the way ethan moves and i feel like even moves so much better than seven he felt like he was walking through mucky mud even in the mansion sometimes <laughs> mm. but then like it, when you get all the duke upgrades you can just fly around and it's uh, like going through points and trying to beat the game in under three hours and like running at an enemy seeing he's taking a wind up crouch walk underneath him and keep going sort of thing like that sort of thing that you can really get into if you that's good like, I mean, it's if you like want to like hone it that way, but at the same time, you can just pretty much shoot you from way through most enemies. Mm. I think I need to play it on a higher difficulty because for me, I didn't get any of this. Like it was fighting the werewolves was just they were in front of me, they dodged left and right. I lined up the shot. Hardcore think, is a sweet spot. I'd yeah, say. I think I just need to try something more that would play into more or like let them bust out those animations more because occasionally I would see one on a roof, then they would jump down. Maybe I would shoot them off the roof. That just I didn't get any of that in terms of them being like a fleshed out I... enemy. I did hate the goblin lads though. They were just like, okay. I mean, they were just nice chaps. Just yeah, they. I mean, it was fun that they had like hoods sometimes, and they looked different between <laughs> areas. But they, um, they take more to kill than I like. And like, they take two grenades from the grenade launcher, like mm. uh, to do take down, and they're just annoyingly in the way sometimes. And on um, Village of Shadows, they place them in between boss fights. So like, when you <laughs> get your hand cut off by Demetrius, there's like one of them there. So you've got oh, to try okay. and get around that as well as, and they walk into the fights of the doors as well. So they just, they, they add a layer of like, oh, just go away sort of thing. <laughs> but at the same time, it's funny to see them just get slapped out of the way by. Speaking of, <laughs> oh, just go away. We should talk about the, the Bienviento set piece already doing the rounds as out PTing at PT yes. segment, um, which is the whole bit where I forget the name of the character that you go up against who like plays a mind trick on Ethan and makes him sort of visualize his worst fears or whatever it is. And it sort of results in this big, long drawn out, effectively drawn out, and pitch black exploration of this doll maker room and um, that eventually results in a big mutant looks like it's from catherine style baby um mm, big goo baby fetus really isn't it yeah. big old fetus with a big long stretchy mouth crying and laughing at you coming at you uh, throughout the the, uh, the whole sequence and um, that for me is the high point of the whole game i think that's one of the best paced things one of the best payoffs um and one of the most effective um just being uneasy just being like oh this is like just it's not a jump scare necessarily but i think that it completely lands it's one of the only times in the whole game where it's a dedicated horror and for me it was it was great just seeing them be able to do that and it's just like oh if, if konami's not going to do it with with silent hill then we'll do our version of it it was a funny one uh because i think it's like it works so well as a is a puzzle segment you know again comparing it to resident evil 7 you get some of those in the lucas segments when you're watching the tapes and you're doing the happy birthday segment for instance where you've got no weapons you have to find figure out your way out of the room I, I enjoyed i just thought it was so well paced you know like mm. the build up from analyzing the the corpse like looking for specific things to unlock specific doors it felt classically resident evil in a way but in a way that like looked great was so well paced and then you have that excellent payoff at the end though i do have a bone to pick scott <laughs> tailford and it. other people on twitter and that's because all, we, all weekend i was seeing 
about this baby. Everyone right. kept saying, there's one baby bit that's yeah. going to blow your mind. Yeah. And I must have seen that about 10 times. So every single time I was playing the game, I was like, is this it? Is this the baby <laughs> bit? So when the baby bit finally happened, I was like, it's the baby bit. It's it the, is baby the baby bit. bit. This is the one. Rather than being, oh my God, there's a scary baby. So <laughs> in, a, in a weird See, way, it's obviously... There was a, a not... baby section or something. So I was yeah. like, well, you could think it's anything. And then I always thought that when that hand comes around the end of the corridor, that in itself is still like, oh God, what the hell? It's funny. Obviously, it's not a spoiler. Yeah. Not not seriously annoying, but at the same time, I, I seeing it so much, I was just every scare. Even if it wasn't the baby, I was thinking <laughs> this must be the baby bit. Is this the baby bit? So when the baby right. bit happened, I was like, of course, this is the baby bit. But still, very effective, very good. It's and hiding under the bit. bed when the baby's kind of like coming. You know, the bit where you hide under the bed, and like the baby's coming around. Like even though you probably know you're safe, you played video games before, mm. still pant-wettingly terrifying. I think it's really well done. I've just thought actually the bit where the, the whole visual of uh, finding that other version of Mia, or I keep calling her Mia, it's Maya, Mia Maya, on yeah. um, lying down on the table and she's like a doll and Ethan's like, oh my God, someone's made a replica of the doll. And obviously you realize later on that it's all inside his mind. I wonder if that is literally uh, how Ethan thinks of her because he knows that she's infected or he knows she's been through all this stuff. Mm. If that's like a neat sort of little visual uh, nod. Um, ben, what would you think of the the PT house? Just, <laughs> it's just it, That was the, one of those things where it was uh, I uh, the end of a playthrough. So I was like at two in the morning doing that. And I was like, Lord. headphones in, just sitting there like, the sound design in that I was like I wasn't ready for something as like well, I, I, look, I like watched it come at me and I was like okay let's see what it does and it wasn't until it like laughed and it's like the sides of its mouth like vibrated and it was like, I was like oh god <laughs> yeah and then I ran and um, <laughs> I still run after I played the game a few more times but just the sound design of it and I was like this is really cool that you're getting chased by this and um uh I, I guess it's like the smallest of knocks but it, I wish it on different playthroughs it was a, it would because you can just do the same thing every time and get mm. through it. I wish it was a bit different, but that baby, man. <laughs> just when you get into the lift at the end and you're like, is it going to close? Is it going to close? And then it just closes and it screams at you. I'm like, <sighs> there are three terrifying things in Resident Evil 8 that baby, that one um, hog in the little mm. barn. And the mod of the baby's head on Re on Chris Redfield from great. the opening thing. Those are the scariest <laughs> things in any Resident Evil ever. I think. Stop having, it, uh, Ethan. having little uh, the little baby head on full grown Chris stealing Rose is a uh, is a high point. And um, we should talk about because it's been it was front and center in the marketing. It was the whole first thing over Lady Dimitres. Um, and obviously in the reality of the game, she is barely in it. I mean, she's out of the way in the first sort of hour and a half. She's the first person you take down. Pink. I said to you, uh, someone, there's going to be one bit that the internet won't like, and it was, mm. and it was basically that that Dimitrescu was already gone. Right. I would have liked her to maybe done a Jack Baker where you get one more bit of her, like you know, when Jack comes back later on. Mm -hmm. But yeah, at the same time, we it's, it's just got to not get caught up in the hype, I guess, because no. they'd already made this game so long ago. But then they should i thought did they realize how powerful this character was but i guess they do with the they definitely lent into it. i mean all the all the trailers after they i mean they released her measurements they were like here's this other yeah trailer. and she's everywhere i guess God. but and she's everywhere but i think that was the thing going in that i said maybe on an older podcast was i wonder what else the game has to it um where i don't want her to be the main villain um and it's almost like heisenberg's the main villain but obviously it becomes mother miranda or she's always in the background but heisenberg's the one taunting you a couple times across the story Heisenberg was a nice pickup after F Frog 
I don't remember his name, Moreau or something like that. Yeah. Frog was just a bit boring. Like a bit like one time it's like so like fun, I guess. Right. And um, I can't. Pr- what's the, the doll lady called again? I can't remember. That's the one I can't. Remember. I, I should be. be I should know this, but I, I don't also think. But yeah, I feel like Heisberg and Dimitrescu are the standouts for me, and I feel like they're nice two caps, and I'm glad they were far away. But then again, I would have liked a bit more, maybe their interaction or something else. Who mm. knows? Like, what, what do you think, Josh? I would have liked a bit more interaction between the lords just because we get that great, in my opinion, that great scene towards the beginning where you first enter the castle and you get captured and you get like Mother Miranda and all of the lords kind of like there taunting you. You have to run away from the lichens. I thought that was cool. And, you know, you get a lot of text documents about the way they've all been constructed to be this weird family and stuff. And I thought that was interesting, but I, mm. I would have maybe liked a bit more interaction between them. And um, I can see why they keep them distinct because obviously they are discrete brands of horror inspirations. But at the same time, yeah, I, I thought when it came to Demetress, like she was in it just enough for me. I agree that I would have, wouldn't have minded a Jack Baker-esque reprise towards the end, maybe mm. when you return to the castle or something. But I was also pleased that she wasn't just the end game or anything like that. And there was more to come. Um, and I do think that her and Heisenberg kind of bookend the entire experience um, a little bit better. I am interested in the structure, though, if I can just talk about this for a second, because even though I love each section individually, I, I found myself surprisingly loving the factory thing, even though I had the same worries as Benroy going into it of, oh my God, they can't be doing just this boring factory. They didn't. They made it interesting. They made it like... View visual- you see yes. all the soldiers being made. Like that's kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that lovely, beautifully haunting view and stuff. They made it interesting. But as a cap to the proper village experience, I, I, I think I would have actually preferred the, the jump into the lichen den because mm. I felt like that fits more with the intro and kind of the lichens themselves were such a huge focal point to have the factory right at the end before you get like the proper final stint into like the bosses and into Chris and stuff. I kind of, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I love its placement. I love it, but I don't know if I, I don't <laughs> know if there's perhaps a missed opportunity um, swapping well, I mean, those around and making the dive into the, the den kind of a bit more fleshed out and a bit more, of a climax mm. i think i mean yeah and plus in terms of like fighting like multiple I, I imagine if you were running away from lady dimitris and out of the door in front of you comes heisenberg and you, you have mm. to maybe you use their powers against each other to get away or something like that or you hear them arguing because you got away maybe you're outside the room or something like that they could have done something uh, in regards to that stuff and um, that opening bit where you're getting away like that's one of the only times you do see them all together i think it is the only time where they're all together you're in that one cave scene um, you yeah. know, getting away. I died to that rotary blade thing so like I. 10 times because I was just like, oh, there's one safe spot meshed into the wall oh. where I'm supposed to stand. That annoyed the living hell out of me. What I've heard other people say on like other shows as well is that they were trying to break that one box. Yes. Like I was trying to break it as well, but then like I died twice and then i saw the little groove but i literally yeah. watched a youtube video on when where what do i do because i was like i've died 10 because <laughs> the checkpoint is at the beginning so it's like you've got all the experts you got the heisenberg taunting you i gotta run all the way back there just to die again i was like f this i didn't think about that after <laughs> it happened to be honest i forgot what you even meant i must have got very lucky and done that first time and then just completely forgot it yeah, was Donis even a JB strikes again Ugh. yeah just looked into that hole i suppose <laughs> there was a few times in um 
looking through the Mia doll and stuff and I was like, I'm missing one thing. What am I missing? It was like mm. washing the ring and stuff. And I was like, I've not reviewed a game like this big or like having to make sure I'm ready and just like obviously having nowhere in the world like to, mm. to even lean on. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm just, normally it'd be fine, but just stressing out because certain little, you miss one little thing and then you're sort of like hampered for a bit and you don't know. And that's what kind of like that. But then again, the puzzles... Most unrelated are too challenging, like that wine puzzle where you've got to make all the statues twist around and stuff mm. like that. Mm. The most unrelatable subject matter for a podcast ever, but there is something in like the specific weird window of like trying to review something and not knowing if you get stuck, not like having no idea if it's just you, if it's a bug, <laughs> if like trying to get in touch with different people, it'd be like, I found yeah. this thing. Um, or fighting a boss at three in the morning to hit like a deadline or whatever. And there are no bugs in this game. Like, this game yeah. is one of the best running new games I've played in a while. Like, I don't know about you two, but totally. just a smooth experience. Never crashed. I was. I think I'm so used to like a cyberpunk or something like that, where I'm just mm. like I'm used to being tortured by a game and just no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I mean even I was looking at the uh, performance comparison uh, just to see what the base versions were like, and even on PS4 it was still pretty. Uh, it had a variable frame rate, but it was above 50 uh, as long as you play at 1080p. Um, and things like that, where I was like, the RE engine is just an insane piece of kit. Like, it just reminds me of when um, Konami started rolling out the Fox engine. And obviously, that was just so, so impressive, even on the uh, previous generation on 360 and PS3. Um, but yeah, I guess closing thoughts, um, Mr. Benroy, you did the review, but have you got any expanded thoughts since you've been rerunning it and getting uh, the road towards the Platinum? Uh, it's just a, a, quite a fun slash easy Platinum, I guess. Like, mm. I probably have it. The, I don't know. I don't know what the SS ranks are going to be like in Mercenaries. I'm about to finish my Village of Shadows playthrough, so we'll see. Uh, I wish there was more expanded lore stuff. Like we touch on the BSAA for a moment, and then we the connections. We but we we batter Mother Miranda, and then we go on to just like uh, we jump what 18 years in the future. So I'm I'm not scared for the future of Resident Evil. I think mm -hmm. it's in the best place it's been in a long time. But I hope we get to touch back on those, and we don't just jump 18 years into the future forever and i wish i hope we see what chris and all that were doing with the bsa and what why they've gone evil and um that's one thing i think we'll do yeah. a separate part on predicting or, or whatever whatever comes next because i think either they'll do dlc packs like they did for seven and we'll do the bsaa thing as chris or maybe because then maybe rose is the next focus two of part. those packs were essential as well like in yeah. Resident Evil seven like not hero and end of zoe or Mm -hmm. So yeah, they they were essential to play sort of thing. Yeah, which makes me think that maybe that'll be their business model because it's not like they're going to roll out RE9. I mean, you've got the RE4 remake and there's a bunch of other stuff coming up before they do the next main one. Um, Josh, closing thoughts on the old village. Yeah, really good. The only like major gripes I have with it are as because I'm like so into the Resident Evil games that I've seen what they're repeating, what they're yeah. kind of like diverging from. And it was only ever a sense of familiarity that I thought like maybe dragged it down a little bit. But overall, I thought from beginning to end, it maintains a level of quality that I didn't expect. Like I said at the start, like sometimes I expect Resident Evil games to kind of fall off in the final um, third or whatever. But this one thankfully didn't. And like, just to echo what you've said there, it's left it in like a really interesting place place where i don't know what they're going to do next like i don't mm. know like just like you guys said if they're going to follow up the bsaats that they're using bioweapons in the field at the end of village or whether we're going to jump into the future there are so many different avenues that they could explore and i'm interested to see what resident evil 9 is now that they could have theoretically completed this era of resident evil you know ethan's story is done does that mm. mean we're not going to get another first person game does that mean we're going to see another reinvention after this like i think I they, they could 
make it they could, like now is the time i think if they wanted to do that i don't know whether i personally want them to do that but i feel mm. like it's in this position where they can pretty much do anything from here because they've set so much stuff up and i'm excited to see what that is and it feels unpredictable i don't know if you're doing that if they go back to third person that would be kind of crazy I think that I think the next main what nine will be first maybe, but like what word can you fit the Roman numeral nine in? Matrix, <laughs> Resident Evil Matrix. When because yeah. Rose yeah. is going to be some super powered, uh, scary woman now. So maybe her and Jake just do Matrix moves and run around, and <laughs> that's the Resident Evil that's nine. What they've always been trying to get back to is the uh, the Resident Evil movie energy to go back to that stuff. I think um, yeah, for me it was I thought it opened weirdly just too rushed and i thought it uh, the explanations were terrible and a lot of the most of the writing i really didn't like just to be totally bluntly honest i thought it was terrible but like in terms of playing it i love playing it and there was a whole chunk in the middle that i just thought was so strong where i was like this is game of the year material uh, in terms of the way the maps populated the like the way they're encouraging you to go like hoover everything up get all the rewards um and the feel of combat's brilliant i just wish they did a little bit more with the dodge mechanic oh sorry with the uh, the block and the push away mechanic overall super positive um, I just wish that considering they led the marketing with what's Chris up to, I wish that was more satisfying. Nothing, at the same really. Time, nothing really, just sort of doing <laughs> his own thing. And you shouldn't have got involved, Ethan. Um, but yeah, that stuff was really solid. It makes me want to go back and do seven and eight combined and see how it all sort of sits as the, the newest era. Um, but for now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. I'm going to go and punish that boulder punching arsehole right now. <laughs> and Josh Brown. I'm going to go. Bye. I'm not going to punch you, Chris, because that's that's asking for trouble, Ben Roy. Like, that man <laughs> is the size of a boulder, so good luck with that. What He's a giant buying? baby as well. What are you selling? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, you for buying? your patronage. <laughs> <laughs>
Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.